So as we jump into this morning's message, the title of this morning's message is called Social Media. Social Media is the title of this morning's message. And as you found in your Bible, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 9, we're going to kick off reading in verse number 29, and this is the Mount of Transfiguration, because I believe you should have these transfiguration experiences in your own personal life. It says, Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Amen. As a believer, you should be praying. What does pray mean? Pray means you talk to God. And pray means God talks to you. And when you really get used to praying, you'll shut up and let God talk more than you talk. The reason you talk so much is because you haven't heard the voice of God at a clear way. But when you hear the voice of God in a clear way, you'll make your prayer shorter so he can speak longer. And I find this, sometimes in church we have new people come and they don't stay because we speak too much churchy language. Right? Such as, oh, we want to encounter the presence. What does that mean? No, presence means we want to have an encounter with the face-to-face God. Presence means face-to-face. We say Jesus went up on a mountain to pray to a lost person. They don't even know what prayer is. And people say, so you talk to God? Absolutely. (laughs) As a believer, you should talk to God. He's your father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We got five people talking to God. Come on now. No, you should talk to God, not just on a daily basis. Paul says to talk to God or pray without ceasing. Well, I can't just pray all day. Sure you can. You stay in his presence all day. And anything you do that's done in his presence, you're always communing with the Father. Do you know that body language is 90% of your communication? That's why so much is lost in texting and translation. Because when you have face-to-face, body language is 90% of your communication. So you don't really have to say a lot when you're in the presence of God. He can tell by your body language if you're ready to listen. I'm in the presence of God. Can't wait for him to speak. Yeah, you look like you can't wait for him to speak. Right? If body language is 90% of communication, the body language that you're displaying right now will show everything about how you're ready to listen to the Father. Come on, I'm just going to go on, keep reading. Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. About to make some people mad. And it says, as he was praying or conversing or talking to God, the appearance of his face was altered. When you get in the presence of God, things will change in your life. And some of you who were bitter two years ago, you don't even look like the same person because he altered the expression of your face. Come on, that's a good thing. Man, that's a good thing. Man, I can see people who have come into this church and God literally, because they've been in his presence and face-to-face with God, they don't even look like the same person. Praise God, man. I I thank you that my youth is being renewed like the eagle. I pray I start looking younger, not older. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because I'm in his presence. And listen, a smile looks good on anybody. Come on now. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. I've never seen a joyful person sad. It doesn't make sense. So even in a most trying circumstance or situation, you can still put a smile on your face because it's coming not from a circumstance of happiness, but a spiritual setting called joy. And we need to adopt that spiritual setting in our life. All right, I'm going to get through this passage, I promise. And the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. Now, clarify this. He wasn't praying to Moses and Elijah. He was talking to the Father, and a Moses and Elijah showed up. Okay? in his life, and who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. You want to know why Moses and Elijah showed up? Because the Bible says in Hebrews, therefore you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I'm done. 
Take that where you want to. I'm just going to leave it at that. That's another message for another time. And who appeared to him in glory and spoke of his departure, which was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, thank you, God. I know the day when I become fully awake. When God reveals something to me that I've read a million times and I hadn't, hadn't caught it, but then I became fully awake of what he was been trying to say all along. And they saw his glory, and the two men stood with him. And as the men were parting, parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not even knowing what he said. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Goes to show prayer is a lot more than you talking. It's got a lot of listening to do. The Holy Spirit is the way the Father speaks to the church today. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in the Gospel of John, can do nothing except what Jesus tells him to do. And Jesus can only do what he sees the Father doing. Therefore, the Holy Spirit can do nothing that the Father and the Son have not already planned for the Holy Spirit to do. Okay? So all that freaky stuff you see on YouTube, turn it off. And meet the real Jesus, the real Holy Spirit. And have an encounter with the real Heavenly Father because He wants to talk to you. And He's given you His Spirit for all of eternity. It says, a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days of anything that they had seen. Now flip on over to the Gospel of John, chapter number 5 and verse number 19. And it says, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. There's got to be a time when we have such an encounter with God, we begin to see and know what the Father is doing. Have you ever known, like when your kids are playing in their playroom, and you know that something ain't right because you automatically know what they're doing? And you don't have to see it with your physical eyes, but you see it, you know what's happening? A lot of times, here's the it's when it gets real quiet, <laughs> right? It's the same thing. You can see the Father, and though your physical eyes can, can see it, God says you, can, you should be able to see what I'm doing and know that I'm that real, so I can only do what I see my Father doing. For the, whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows, he, and shows Him all that He Himself is doing, and greater works than these will He show Him. Now, I want to qualify some things in those two verses. He mentions the word Son. Truly I say to you, the Son can only do what He sees His Father doing. For the Father does, uh, for whatever the Father does, the Son does. For the Father loves the Son. So in two verses, you got Father, Son, Father, Son, Father, Son. This isn't servant-God relationship. It's a Father-Son relationship. The Bible even says this. Even though you're a son, you're treated as a slave until you reach a certain time frame when you can be trusted with the keys to the kingdom. So God is trying to show us greater things, not just so we can play with toys, but so we can be a son, so he can show us the plan of the father. Mm, Come on now. But it takes a father-son relationship, not a slave-God relationship. Some of you have an issue calling him your heavenly father, either because you've had a bad earthly experience with the father or you're insecure with your relationship with him as God the father. And we need to change that. We need to get that right. Because how bad would it be as as much as I love my sons, Caleb and Aaron, if they were afraid to come to me and jump in my lap and say, Daddy, 
That'd break my heart. Same thing with the Heavenly Father. If there's a fear thing that's keeping you from fully pressing in, I want you to resolve those issues in your life and watch what God has in store for you. And so as we jump into this today's message, it's called social media. And God has always created a dwelling place for him to meet with his people and for his people to dwell with him in this place. And so what that is in the Garden of Eden, it, or, or when he created the earth, it was the Garden of Eden. In the tabernacle in the wilderness, it was the tabernacle itself. In the Old Testament, it was the temple. In the New Testament, it's your body. It's you. He doesn't want to come and just dwell in this building. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to be in each and every one of us at a simultaneous uh, uh, time as the Spirit of God can indwell in you. He wants to make His dwelling place you, not a building. That's why I said earlier the building that we're about to build is just a tool for the kingdom of God because you are what houses God Himself, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He created you for a place to dwell in. So all of you people who think, I don't have a purpose, you do have a purpose. You are the dwelling place of God. And just knowing you are the dwelling place of God should automatically put a greater precedence on your life. I've got to start living different, doing different, being different, because your body, the Bible says, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. I'll prove it to you right here. 1 Corinthians 6, 12, 19 through 20. And for the sake of time, I've got all this on the app. It's loaded on the app. Just look at the notes. I'm just going to read the last part, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You are not your own. Your body doesn't even belong to you anymore. You were bought with a price, and it, God bought you with a price so he could purchase you, not just so you could be a, a place for him to come sit on, but he purchased you to be a son so he could dwell in. He purchased you as a son so he could dwell in you. And so the Bible says, glorify God in your body. Why, why is he putting such importance on the physical body? Obviously, we know we're a spirit person first. And the spirit of God in your life is paramount. And we need to make sure your spirit person on the inside of you is healthy. And the Bible says, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's an area of your soul that's got to be transformed. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. But your physical body is what the Holy Spirit dwells in. Because this is the thing that keeps you on this earth. And the kingdom of God is expanding where? Here in the earth. We're winning people to Christ. If Joel is dead and laid up in a bed and he can't do anything because his physical body is not a place that is glorifying God, then the spirit of God, no matter how great the spirit of God is on the inside of me, I've hindered the work of God because I haven't glorified him in my body as well. And so I want to urge you, I'm not telling you all to get on a workout plan or something, I'm telling you this, you need to bring your physical actions into account before the Father. Okay? And you just do what God tells you to do on some of those things. Okay? He's not telling everybody to go train for a marathon. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he's not telling everybody that. But he is telling some of you this morning... You need to quit this. You need to stop this because you're not glorifying me in your physical body. And as long as you're here on this earth, I've got to have this thing to operate in and through. Yeah. Right? And so that, that's why um, it's, this isn't a health message. It's a message that you need to take care of this because this is what houses the Spirit of God on the inside of you. If you were to come in uh, this morning and there were about 568 dirty diapers all over the sanctuary floor, what would you think? 
Oh, this place stinks. Gosh, this is horrible. Why would they even let this place get this bad? How many dirty diapers you got? What place has got to get cleaned in your life? What, got, what does God need to do that's a cleansing in your life? So your body can glorify the Father. And it's a lot more than eating right and exercising. That, that's bare minimal. But Paul even said physical training is of little benefit. But things you do and choices you make that will uh, make the longevity of this physical body last. And what it means is the Bible says your youth will be renewed like the eagles. The more time you spend in the actual presence of Almighty God who is the life giver, He'll even give life to this mortal body. That's what it means. As long as you spend time in the presence and truly get face to face with him, when you come off the mountain like Moses, you're going to be glowing. Yes. Don't tell me his physical body wasn't changed. The Bible says Jesus was changed. The Bible says Moses was changed. If we're a new covenant believer built on, and the covenant we're on is built on better promises, there should be something about when we get into the presence of God, we have more life in this physical body than we've ever had. Amen. Yeah. Okay, I'm way behind on time, so we're going to roll. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this. Since then we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize in our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So this is what it's saying. All these excuses we make about falling into sin because of these physical, fleshly emotions and feelings and blah that we have, Jesus says, we do not have a great high priest that cannot sympathize with what you're going through. Right. It says, he was tempted in the flesh in every way, the same as you have been, yet he was without sin. And many of you say, yes, Jesus lives in my heart. Well, if he really lives in your heart, you can overcome the sin that's attacking your flesh. Now, come on, that's good. A lot of us just don't want to give up the sin because we like to gratify the flesh rather than crucify the flesh. But Jesus said you must crucify yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Yeah, See, there is a crucifixion of the flesh that you got to do on a daily basis. And when you wake up in the morning and say, this body does not belong to me. These mind, wills, and emotions do not belong to me. I've been bought with a price, so I'm going to glorify God in my body. So I crucify the desires and the lust of the flesh right now. And I step into the spirit of God and what he wants me to do today. So I can see differently, act differently, react differently to things going on in my life. And watch God be glorified because he dwells in this thing called this temple. So in your life, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, as he lived this earth, was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, you in your life have the ability already on the inside of you to come overcome every sin issue in your life. The question is, how bad do you want to? How bad do you want to? The takeaway I want you to get from this morning's message is simply this. Come out. Come out. And as we're talking about, the sermon title is uh, social media. Um, everybody pull out your phone this morning. Everybody pull out your phone. Oh, we're in church. I can't. Whatever. Pull out your phone. You carried it in with you for a reason. You're obviously going to check it as soon as service is done or even before service is done. Altar call ain't pertaining to me. I'm going to see what Facebook got. I see it happening all the time. I ain't dumb. Scrolling through Facebook. Pastor trying to preach a message, liking stuff on Instagram. Oh, I'm tweeting, I'm tweeting what Pastor just said. That's 
right? I mean, come on. I know it happens. I don't care. That's on you. If you don't want, if you don't want an encounter with God, play on your phone. I want an encounter with God. I'm putting my phone down. So as you pick up your phone and you count how many social media you have. Most people on their phone have between four and seven social media apps on their phone. And on this, social media is a relatively new phenomenon. It's only been around about 20 years. And it's also become one of the greatest phenomenons that take, has taken the world by storm. And so many of the sites that you have, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever the other ones are, you have people who can follow you or some of them are even called friend requests, right? They can follow you or be called friend requests. And the problem with this is, the startling fact is, you can know all about somebody but never really encounter them in person. See, a lot of us utilize God like he's our social media. We can know all about him, but never really encounter him in person. A lot of us want to pull up the Bible and say, yes, Jesus was good. Yes, Jesus healed the sick. Yes, Jesus walked on water. Yes, the Holy Spirit's been given to us without measure. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave dwells in us. And you're scrolling through your gospel social media, and you want to know all about Jesus, and you're scrolling, and you're liking, and you're friend requesting, but you've never had an encounter with the real him. In fact, you can even pull up his profile. Oh, he was born in Bethlehem. Oh, his birthday is right around the corner. It's December 25th. For all you um, people who really don't know, he wasn't born on December 25th. I mean, I'm just saying. But Facebook says he was born on December 25th. He was going to celebrate. Oh, come on. Oh, Jesus just put this tweet out. Crucify the flesh. Ooh, I don't like that one. I'm going to scroll past it today. Jesus must be in a bad mood. Mm, crucify the flesh. Who is he, the son of God? Right? I mean, seriously. You get to pick and choose what you like and what you don't like on social media. And if he offends you bad enough, you can even, I'm going to unfollow him. I'm just gonna, I don't want him to know I unfriended him, so I'm just going to hide him for a time. I mean, I'm just saying... And a lot of you treat your Christian walk like it's a social media account. And we wonder why we're not getting a real representation of who Jesus is. It's because we've never had a real encounter with a real person. We're going by a profile picture. And I know one picture can contain a thousand words. But Jesus created all the words. And let me tell you something, if the only way you know Jesus is through basic social media gospel, and what I mean by that is not even the quote you read on Facebook, if the only way you know Jesus is, is simply by the, the, the words that you've read out of the book and never had a true encounter while you're reading this amazing thing called the Bible, the Holy Spirit inspired word of God, you're only getting a profile picture. And Jesus said this in the, in the oh, come on man, Jesus said this in the, in the, um, in the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, or God on my profile page will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not tweet things in your name? Did we not post Instagram pictures in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And he will look at them and declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You just had my profile picture. Mm. 
He wants to be so much more than a profile picture. We want a social media gospel when God wants face-to-face encounters. We want to know the surface level stuff. But God says, I want to know you intimately and I want to know you deeply. Will you go past a profile picture? Will you go past what you're seeing on the screen? See, the definition of priest is this. It means one who officiates. Officiates in what? It means officiates is with meaning entitled to draw near to God in worship. So the term priest in the Hebrew literally means one who officiates. Officiates literally means one entitled to draw near to God. Face-to-face encounter in worship. And the problem with the way the Old Testament was done is this. It was simply the fact that only one person could go and officiate for the masses... And only one person could have the high priest encounter. But today, God says, I've created you to be a kingdom and priests to our God. So he's entitled you by the blood of Jesus to go past a profile picture and to meet him in person. He's entitled you to go past a Twitter feed or an Instagram picture and meet the real person face to face. You know, I've met some awesome, crazy, cool people in my life and it's been amazing to meet some cool people but you know what I've realized what I see of them on their social media site and what I see of them in person I like the real person a lot more because they're real I like the real person a lot more because they're not filtered and some of us we want a filtered gospel and we want to jade it and change the picture of it to the way we like it so it fits our lifestyle. Listen, God never wanted him to fit into your lifestyle. He wanted your lifestyle to be changed to fit into him. But if somebody's got to change, who's going to change? And he said, "I'm the Lord your God. I do not change." He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And listen, if you get into a standoff with God, I'm just telling you, he's kind of eternal. No, he really is really eternal. And that's more than everlasting. See, from now till the end of time is called everlasting. Eternal means has no beginning, has no ending. Some of y'all just like, I never realized that. Yes! Eternal means has no beginning, has no ending. He's eternal. Everlasting is now until the... Everlasting. And if you're in a standoff with the eternal who has no beginning or will have no ending, and you're in a finite body and he's an infinite God, get ready. You're going to lose. I'll make it plain and simple. You'll lose that battle every single time. And in this process, we've got to realize God has created us to be a kingdom and priest. People were unable to serve in the tabernacle of dwelling of God in the Old Testament. They needed a mediating priest, someone sent to represent them before God. This is why God called Aaron and his sons to be the first priesthood. The struggle with this format is much like our social media. We are staying connected, but only by a representation of the real. See, if you're just living out your Christian walk through me, you're, you're you're just living by a representation of the real, not the real thing. Not that I'm not real, but I'm not Jesus. Please give me an amen on that. Yeah. That, that was not something to, to, to build my confidence. I'm really not Jesus. He lives in me, and I hope I start looking more and more like him every day. But Jesus Christ came and lived and died and was crucified over 2,000 years ago and paid the sin debt and the price to destroy the power of sin in your life. The only thing I am is a representation of what he did. 
And if you're living out your Christian walk through what Joel said rather than what Jesus said, you're only living in an Old Testament mindset with a new covenant benefit. And you're not walking into the fullness. And we want to stay connected by that representation. Even worse, many of us get our validation from the representation. What do I mean by that? Some of us want to just be connected by the representation. But a lot of us post stuff on social media to get validation through the representation of what you're trying to portray to somebody, not the real person you really are. Come on now, that's good. See, it's a bad thing to want to live through vicariously through me and the Father. That's a bad thing. It's even worse if that's how you get your validation. God doesn't want to have you get validation through a representation. He wants you to be validated by Him speaking personally to you one-on-one with a face-to-face encounter. He wants you to come into His presence and, and, and see who He really is. But a lot of us just like to click like on some things and hope that we get validation through a representation and not the real deal. God says, I'm tired of giving you the representation. The things you see and experience in worship here are absolutely phenomenal, but it's just a representation. I want a personal encounter with you, God says. I want to be real, God says. I didn't have my son crucified and die on a cross for you to not have intermingling contact with me. Come and let's talk together and see what the power of God can do in your life. Now today, because of the blood of Jesus, God has entitled us to draw near to him in worship. Many of you are looking for God's, in the moment, what he's saying. On Facebook, it says it's your most recent post. On Twitter, it's like your most recent tweet. Instagram, it's your most recent picture with your captions behind it. Many of us are always looking for God's next thing when if God is truly eternal, there is no next thing. It's always been Him all along. See, because we live in a timeline society, you can flash back to memories four to six years ago and be reminded of something that happened and say, oh, we're looking for the next new thing of God. Well, with God, there's nothing that's new. It's new to you, but not new to Him. So if you want the next most recent post from God, you need to go to Him, but it's not new to Him. It's just new to you. See, because there's nothing new to God. Do you realize nothing has ever surprised God? Do you realize God didn't wake up today and say, oh, I realized something. He never has to realize something. He knows all. And in this process, we're looking for his most new thing when there's nothing new to him. It's just the depth of your encounter with him. And it becomes new to you. The Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. So any encounter that you have, it's been ordained before the beginning of time. And it's really not new. It's just new to you. So his most recent post for you is for you to get in on him and realize there's really nothing new. It's in him that we live and move and have our being and we need to step outside of the representation and get into the realness of who the Father is. I do not want a Facebook relationship with my wife. Right? The only time you ever got to talk to your wife or communicate with your wife is through Facebook. Or your husband is through Facebook. Or through some other social media app. Can I tell you, this is great when I'm overseas. 
to see my kids, to see my wife, to talk to them and see them through a phone, but it's still not face to face. A lot of us have this relationship with God, not this relationship with God. And God says, I don't live behind the screen. I don't live behind the screen. Do you realize in the Old Testament, throw that picture up there that's on there if you guys got it, I've used it for three weeks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his court with praise. Outer court, inner court, holy place, most holy place. There was a separation. The red line, it was called the veil or the screen. God had to stay behind the screen. And once a year, the great high priest could step behind the screen and have an encounter with the Father. But what happened when Jesus died? The screen was ripped from top to bottom and separated it so there was no separation of the screen. But many of us today would rather go back to the screen because if God sees the real us and we see the real God, we may not be too impressed with how he views us. So we want him to see our profile rather than the real See, the reason people love social media is this. You can put out the persona that you're somebody that you're not. Come on now. You can put on the persona that you're somebody that you're not. You want to know how I can tell people are having a bad day? Let me tell you about da 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 And it's not that you're saying anything bad. It's that you're looking for validation through a screen. Right? You're looking for validation from somebody on the other side of a screen rather than God that wants to have a personal encounter with you and ask you why you're having a bad day. But instead, we're so busy looking for validation from everyone else that we miss the validation that the Father truly has. And today, the problem is, the takeaway is this, not a lot of us really want to come out from behind the screen. Not a lot of us really want to step in to see God face to face. Because you're concerned about what he might find. But if he's all-knowing and already know, the only person you're lying to is yourself. And it does you no good to continue to lie to yourself and say, Oh, he's going to be God and da-da-da-da-da, but I'm going to come into his presence. And many of you never even get to his presence. Because you're lying to yourself. You got into emotions, but you didn't get to his presence. You got into... uh, actions but you never got into his presence see what we just read you can do a lot of amazing things for the kingdom of god prophesy in his name lay your hands on sick people in his name cast out demons in his name and in the end of the day he say who are you and i would rather not do any of those things and him say i know you (laughs) than for me to do all those things and to get there one day and say who are you I never saw a friend request. Who are you? I saw you used a lot of my stuff. I saw you followed me on Instagram and you quoted me and took credit for it and you did things and took credit for it and you, and you, and you posted that picture of, of a person coming up from the dead and took credit for it and that's, that's all pretty awesome stuff. I would love to have known you in the day because you could have been powerful but I, I still don't see a, a request from you. Let me just search your name. Oh, I'm looking for the real you. I don't know your Twitter name. I don't know your Facebook name. 
I don't know your Instagram name. Because I didn't want to know you through Facebook. I don't want to know you through Instagram. I don't want to know you through Twitter. I don't want to know you through social media because I don't want a social relationship with you. I want an intimate relationship with you in your kingdom. And because we're out of time and I could go another 45 minutes, worship team, you need to get up here quick. <laughs> Ministers, come get down here quick and start praying because I'm not going to waste any time on this. And this is your opportunity. God's giving you a second chance this morning. What do I mean by a second chance this morning? Because you had an opportunity during worship to step out and be the real. And some of you, it was churning on the inside of you to step out and be the real and have the real encounter and have the real thing and have the real God show up in your life. But you waited and you missed the opportunity. I'm telling you, you got another shot. Don't miss it. He does not want a social relationship with you. Just like I do not want a social relationship with my wife, I want an intimate relationship with my wife. And she wants an intimate relationship with me. And with that, she knows all the bad stuff about Joel. With that intimate relationship, the father knows all the bad stuff about me. And you know what's better about that? Now I can come to him freely because he already knows how bad I really am and how messed up I really am. And I don't have to put on an act to come before him. I don't have to have him look on the profile picture and say, y'all look like two different people. There's an old hymn that I love. Come just as you are. Hear the Spirit calling. Come just as you are. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, you need to come. Not the church you. Because all y'all look good today. You do. You, you all look really good today. You're smiling. You're engaged. You're laughing. You're clapping. You're amen. You all look really good. But I don't know if that's the real you or the church you. I, I don't know. Because all I know of many of you is the church you. I don't know the real you. But the Father knows the real you. And this morning, He wants to step into your life with the real you. And Jesus Christ made that possible when he died on a cross and was raised again from the dead. The Holy Spirit is empowering you now because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to come and let an eternal, almighty, heavenly, loving Father change you into his likeness. Oh, don't get me wrong. He loves you just as you are because he sent his son before you were even born. But he loves you enough, he doesn't want to leave you where you're at in your misery, in your pain, in your struggle, and in your strife. So this morning, come. Go to the communion table, come to the altar, come to any of us. But we're starting this in about five seconds, so everybody stand. Get ready to go. Four, three, two, one. Begin to move. The real you, begin to move. The ch not the church, you leave him seated. The real you, begin to move. Come and pray on your own or pray with one of us. Come join and be a member of TWBC. Get born again today. We're here for you.